Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Winning Plays Podcast on the CLNS Media Network, the leading online provider for the NBA's winningest franchise. It's trade deadline week here on the Winning Plays Podcast. Chris Forsberg, NBC Sports Boston, is aboard with myself, Brian Robb. And Chris, I never thought we were going to get to the point where it was totally unpredictable what was going to happen this week for the Celtics. Mm -hmm. But lo and behold, they've... Won 12 of the last 16 games. Is that correct? Uh, I think so. Five in a row. I'm going to go with whatever numbers you spit out. I know it's five in a row. That's all I got. It's definitely five in a row. It's a lot more on top of that in January against a lot of crappy teams, but <laughs> whatever. Winning games is winning games right now. The Celtics are tied for the sixth seed as we record this on Monday afternoon with the Brooklyn Nets and the Toronto Raptors. They are incredibly four and a half games out of the one seed in these because wow. everything is that jam packed right now. So uh, I'm going to leave it to you. Do you want to a just Ooh. get into the trade stuff right away and figure out, you know, parse through some of these rumors, see what we believe, see what we don't believe and kind of go from there. Or do we want to start with the on court stuff? Do we want to stay like, okay, we've talked a lot about buy-in here, but like, or how much are we like, what percentage are you actually buying into this performance over the last month? All right, look, we're going to start with the second part because I want to I want to blast through it because the answer the stuff because if, if someone's watching this they're not they don't care about the article no, stuff they just no. want to know if they're going to going to trade for you know some superstar that's not going to happen so let's <laughs> uh let uh, but I will say this and I'll just keep repeating a line that I've been I've been I've been sort of sticking to is okay yes they're beating bad teams that's obvious but that's what good teams do they beat bad teams and they beat them decidedly which the Celtics are doing. And the Celtics used to lose to bad teams. So now this is like, this isn't just incremental progress. This is like a revert to what you should be doing. And more than anything, my eyes tell me they're playing better. And, you know, it, I take that for what it's worth. It, it certainly could just be the, the the level of competition. But I think Marcus Smart has played just decidedly better. I think Rob Williams is, is figuring it out. Ime has made the right choices beyond the eight-man rotation, which I still don't understand. But... Like more often than not, they're doing the right things. Like, put it this way: I, I last night against Orlando, if if Jason Tatum had a clunker shooting the ball and they missed a billion threes, they lose by twenty earlier this season. Now they're winning by twenty, and they might just have a defensive identity. They might, you know, like all these things that we used to fret about this team are seemingly coming together. Now, will that matter when they play a good team in a seven-game series? I don't know. But y'all know what the other thing. I don't care because I'm just going to kind of like lean into it and enjoy it because this team has been miserable to watch for the better part of two years. And now they're actually fun. And uh, so I'm just going to lean into it and see where it takes me. 
I mean, we got Peyton Pritchard left-handed jams out there. We have <laughs> Jalen Brown, like top five dunk of the year candidates, like on a on Mo Bamba going down. I mean, it is. It, it's been a long time. Like to your point, that that's been that the Celtics have been an enjoyable watch, and that's what they've been pretty much since Smart's comeback. I mean, they they made some strides. Obviously, they won some games um, during that stretch he was away, but there was also some. You know, you had the Portland collapse in there, and you had some ugly, yeah. ugly losses there. Um, but so now, are you in? B Rob, I need to know: Are you in, or are you out? I, I, I can't be in. I can't be all the way in right now. I'm, 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 I'm really hanging off the fence right now. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to dip my toe in the water. Because to be honest, I mean, let's start with we have to start with Smart because I think this is yeah. where because I think he more than anyone else factors into what happens on Thursday here in terms of like, are you taking the bait if you're the front office right now? Because he has taken 11 shots or less in all of his games during this yeah. like six and one run, seven and one run since he's been back. And that sustained stretch of playing his role. I don't think it has this happened in his career period, maybe during like oh, the no Kyrie way. years, but like not nothing like this where it's like, the buy-in seems to be there. You're not even. I can't even remember one time you're like, "Oh, that wasn't like, that was a heat check by a smarter." Like right. oh, that maybe you should have made the extra pass there. No, it's been like, you know, you look at the box for last night. You took two shots, and that was like really great. Like that's and then the plus minus everything is calling falling in line of it. So you hear about all these teams right now that want smart. The Wolves, obviously, we've their rumors there. The Hawks, their rumors have been there forever. His value obviously should be at easy, easily the highest it's been in like a year or two. But now, if you're Brad Stevens and the rest of the front office, they'll be like, okay, this is, have we cracked the code here? Has Ime Odoka figured out this is the guy that we want? And, and like, we, this is one less thing for us to worry about as we're building around the Jays right now. We got code cracking going on. I wasn't even ready. Like, I, <laughs> that's the biggest buy I think we've, we've gotten from B Rob. So, like, look, I, I think he's been great. And, like, I, do I know if it's, if it's going to persist through full seasons and into the future? I don't know. But, He's gotten paid. He's getting all the accolades for the way he's playing. And, you know, he's clearly like the glue of this team. And from the players meeting at the start of the year where he challenged the Jays to coming back and saying they've made the progress that he was talking about the other night. And so um, I think they're in a good spot with Marcus Smart. And uh, here's the thing, too, that I just I think I know everyone says, well, you know, can you cash out now? Should you should you sell high? I still don't think teams are rushing to give you a first round pick, which would at least make you start the conversation or think about like what you got coming back. I don't, I don't know if I buy the Beasley rumors. Like what was the last time the Celtics went after a guy with a checkered pass? Like, did that ever happen? I mean, Mook kind of had have, one. I mean, he, they, they traded for him. He had trial. He was coming. like waving guns or something. So yeah. I'm just saying, I, 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 I get what the, that, that's probably like the prototype of a guy they might like. And maybe someone makes a call about that. And, when you're talking about players you like, it might come up, but I don't, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think you're, I'll put it this way. I would not trade Marcus Smart for Malik Beasley right now. So um, that's what about, what about Beasley? You know, like they're the, 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 the pose it asked there. And I forget, I think this is a, I think Darren Wolf's or something like this in Minnesota had mm-hmm. this rumor, which, and I actually, he's pretty solid on Minnesota stuff. So when he for talks sure. about Wolves stuff, like that's definitely worth paying attention. And he's been on the, the, the case of the Wolves wanting Smart a lot. And so the Celtics asked there is Beasley, and a first or Beasley and McDaniels. And I do it like, I mean, if you're going to get a good player and a first round pick, or at least a, a player that you can, you know, that could be a good starter for you, then you have to do that. 
for the Celtics. But I think I that where their heads at right now with that is like, yeah, you, you have to you set a real, realistic high bar asking price, but you, you stick to that with Smart with the way he's playing mm-hmm. right now. Yeah, and, and even if you set the bar until they come to you and, and force the issue and say, yeah, okay, well, we're willing to go there, you don't have to make a decision. And so I just think there's going to be opportunities in the offseason as well if they just get to a point where they're like, okay, it worked for 12 games, but it didn't work for 40. And so I, I don't think you need to make a decision right now. And I don't think that deal uh, – I think obviously that, that deal probably is a step back this year and maybe it's a step forward in the future in terms of having assets and, and all that, but – um, you know, like, what's your point guard situation if, if you move smart? You're, you're keeping Schroeder and you're yep. rolling with him? I mean, good luck it's with a Schroeder plan. So, it's a re-signed Schroeder for cheap plan. I mean, I, it, and I can't <laughs> rule it out. Um, in fact, I just wrote, like, a 2,000-word mailbag about Schroeder's future, and which I've just kind of t- tied myself in a knot and then, uh, you know, ultimately reason that they still need to trade him. But um, I, I – I do think I mean they have they have avenues, but I do think the inspired play, especially when you look at the the stupid numbers that the core four are putting up, and even with the limitations of Al Horford in the starting lineup, they've been exceptional. So I don't know, like I, I just kind of want them to, to 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 go into it. And I will say this: I understand there's there's probably different perspectives in the the Celtics front office about what they'd like to do. And there was certainly a point this year where very much like me. After that Knicks loss, I was like, just go backwards, go get the lottery pick, trade players. I just don't think they're there right now. And I keep going back to Brad Stevens has never gone that route. Ime Adoka clearly doesn't want to go that route and wants to win games and leaning on an eight-man core in the middle of a 82-game uh, season. Um, so I, I, I kind of just think, like, when it all adds up, I just can't see Brad Stevens going to Ime and saying, uh, we're going to take away one of your core eight players. We're going to make this defense worse. And you don't really have a point guard for the long-term future. But we'll figure that stuff out. Uh, so I think it's more likely than not smart is here through the deadline, but it's certainly something like all these things. I really think it's going to be a relatively quiet deadline. And yet like they have to give hard consideration to a lot of what will bubble up. And especially if teams become more willing and more desperate as Thursday approaches. Right. Because you do have, you, you have a bunch of veterans that can help these teams, whether it's smart, whether it's Richardson, whether it's shooter to a much lesser degree. And you have to think about, Hey, if we, you know, can get a guess of, and that trade helps us get the guy in the door this year to be that we think is a good, you know, third or fourth option around the Jays and like getting, you know, wait, waiting to the offseason for that there. I'm not sure what they've done in the last month is enough reason to put them off that because I mean, honestly, what, like, what is the, the ceiling right now for this group is what, like conference final still, like if that, I was going to say like, if everything breaks, right, you're probably like a competitive second round series. But, you know, part of the reason I can't talk myself into many moves is that I don't know what if the trajectory changes much with any minor move. Like, I even think, like, okay, if you trade Schroeder, you get know, probably a little bit worse, and, but at least you're developing Pritchard and figuring that out. And I don't think it changes. Like, you're still maybe win a, you know, can, can be really competitive in a first-round series and then see what happens from there. If you win, like, maybe you get and push a team in round two. Um, but – yeah, I don't know. I don't know if any of this really, uh, really changes anything up too much. But, and I, but I do think Marcus Smart, like trading Marcus Smart, leaves you like with a lot more questions than answers going into the summer. Um, and so I just would like, I'd like them to feel really definitive about what they want to do at that position. And if, like, look, if they're sitting there now and they're like, yeah, this has been a great stretch, but he's just not our guy for the long term, then yeah, like you got to weigh it heavier about making a move. But I think this stretch has just caused everyone to sort of go, oh wow. You know, can this be the guy? And, uh, you know, that, that's an okay thing to feel. One guy that really hasn't come up lately that also, like, I think 
I think he's much likelier to stay because of the situation, but bears watching too is, is, is Al Horford. And, that, and this yeah. is something we've, I mean, we've talked about it as far back as December, I feel like on our pods, but you look at, you know, what's going well with this team. There's no question he has had a, a, a integral role, but at the same time, if you have any opportunity to get off that contract right now, you kind of have to do it. Right. Like, even though 100%. things are fine, feel like it's, it's hard from what I, from people I talk to, it's like, there doesn't seem to be a taker out there in terms of just the money involved, but you wonder if if something like that happened, like how the the locker room and everyone would respond if it was like, "Hey, we just we we had a chance to get off Al." I know we were wrong, but sorry guys, like this is just the the name of the story right now. Well, what would happen is Grant Williams would go into the starting lineup, and then they'd have like 125 <laughs> offensive rating, and everyone would be like, oh, you know, maybe we should have done this earlier. Like, look, I don't want to diminish what Al's done. I think he's been really important and kind of turned back the clock at times this weekend, had some post moves against Orlando where I was like, oh, a little old-school Atlanta Al bully ball going on. But, um, like, long-term, it's just we knew this when they got him, it, 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 that, you know, you hoped he would find a little rejuvenation, that it would be good for the Jays early on. But – you know, after the season, it's either, you know, you have three options. You're either getting to the offseason, using them as trade for the next big piece by bundling, you know, picks or whatever else you accumulate and using his salary to, to, to bring in someone uh, more glitzy or um, you're stomaching the, the money lost, which I don't see happening or trying to move off of that. Um, like, and I can't see Al coming back and being like lingering in uncertainty. Like he's going to want to know, you know, am I, am I coming back or are you cutting me? You're not cutting me midseason, are you? Like, it's it's just uh, they've got to make those decisions so that uh, and, and I do think you know I, I just the hard part is just as you said I, I scout I, I, like look around at every team and I'm going who's who's taking them and like what what salary are you taking back and it, it just gets really complicated now certainly if something materialized if Golden State called you and said hey look we need a veteran forward to just kind of give us one more piece uh, you think about it but I just don't know if I if I see the deal out there uh, I I made a yeah. list for us. Just like oh, we have a couple, lists. I have a list of like, I, I, I is an exercise. No, I mean, because it is, it's like, okay, if like where, where could they, could, could he possibly go here? Like, how, what money could possibly match up here for Al? All right, I mean, there's no, yes like, no. The, the, like, I guess here's like one semi intriguing, like Toronto, Drogic expiring contract, Drogic. like 20 million there. You could, you could get there if. If Toronto is getting serious and like doing one nothing, but you're they're so young, you'd be like, are they going to be interested in a 35 year old Al Horford for nothing for at that money? Like, mm-hmm. still probably not. If the Celtics sweeten the deal with like, I don't know what you'd sweeten the deal here for an Easter like for that. That's that's honestly like one of the few spots where they need a center and they have to have a contract to move that could conceivably match. But I just don't see. I think he's just too old for that group. It's so it's so weird too because now Celtics and Toronto are sort of intertwined, right? Like, yeah, they're tied. <laughs> they're, they're, they're fighting for that. They're probably going to be the two teams if the Nets continue to, to to downward spiral to compete for that six spot. Do you want to make that team a little bit better? I mean, again, we I, I mean, I just sat here and said how the Celtics would be a better starting lineup if they didn't have Al in there. But I, I will admit, like that starting group with Al has been fantastic, and because they're staggering the bigs, it's worked. Um, but I do worry, like, you know, you send them north, and Nick Nurse figures out, like, how to play in 20 minutes a game, and they get a little bit better. Now, all of a sudden, do they get the six over you, and you're in the playing land, and we're looking and going, man, probably shouldn't have traded Al Horford. Uh, Drazic is obviously intriguing, depending on what happens with your backup point guard spot, but 
you know, what's the long-term play there too, besides getting off that money and, and um, you know, so I don't know. I, but I, I, I like, I like where your head's at. I like that you're, you're, you're trying. All right. So I'm, I'm going to say that's a no though. What's the, yeah. what's, what's, uh, what's option number two? I mean, option number two is Gordon Hayward, which is a joke, but it, the contracts do match up there. They need a center. So that, that's a fun one to throw out. It's what every team needs, but it'll never happen. So right. uh, too bad. Um, and then beyond that, I got more. So the Clippers, the Clippers have, they have like Covington. Now that you got like Luke Kennard, mm-hmm. Mook, you have, you have enough like $15 million guys there where you could conceivably. And we know Balmer is willing to take on money for upgrades. Cause he just took like. Aren't those, aren't those players better than Al Horford? Well, yeah, no, I'm saying you have to, this is stuff. The Celtics would have to add Stuff too okay, hard to deal, I get you. I get but you. this is just to get off his money next year and have a guy that's not going to be thirty six years old taking up yeah no, twenty six I mean, million dollars. This is the this is the tough part, and why again? I just think it's just probably more likely that they have to ride this thing out and figure it out, and that's not a bad thing. Again, those numbers with Al the starting lineup have been great, and as much as I sat here and screamed about no double big, it, it's worked. And, uh, you know, I, again, I, I think there'll come a point where they have to infuse more offense on there. But like, hey, Josh Richardson has been good. Grant's been good in that spot. Um, you can you can kind of get away with it right now. But I would I would I, it would make the summer a little easier if they could get off of them now. But, um, yeah, I find it hard to find the, the, the what you're going to take back at this point that that somehow uncomplicates the summer. And again, like he could be valuable in whatever deal, like I mean, we say Bradley Beal all the time, but like any $30 million, $26 million player, um, I'll get that conversation started without having to move something that you actually want to keep. He really does. And so for keeping that in their back pocket, they might just decide, especially if, if the, the market looks as dire as it is, as we go through these teams here, it's just wait and see, but that's, that's a name to watch here in terms of if they do something there, that's strictly a look ahead to next, year and like building the next best possible team as opposed to you know it, it clearly no matter what happens in that deal they'd be making themselves worse in the present because no one's going to give anything of value for Al Horford at that money at this point um, the summer and trade them to Oklahoma City right I mean that is that is the like, I wonder what the bidding I wonder just like what those phone calls are like for Sam Presti right now he has like whatever 30 million dollars in cap room <laughs> you have yeah. you have all these teams around the league that have all these bad contracts or are trying to fill out cap room just like the bidding being like, all right, how many extra picks are you going to give us to take this bad contract? You go back to Team X and see what they do for you. It must that must be a blast for him this week. And uh, and and like technically, they can go into the tax if they wanted to. Like they could take like an old sure. contract for picks. And like, what a position to be in because you don't have to worry about like repeater penalties because you're not going to be good for another couple of years. So, uh, what a luxury to have that sort of flexibility. But I don't know. They're going to have a billion draft picks. I don't know what they're going to do with them, but. Uh, they are valuable. And as soon as they see two guys out there they want, they can be like, all right, SGA, here we go. We're going to go get two more studs to put around you, and, and off you go. Right. It's That could be a fun team in a year or two. They should trade Westbrook. Watch Westbrook get traded back to the – That – right I would be – like full circle. I mean, we, we've seen it in a couple of different situations in the last couple of years here, but that would be – that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> and he would go back and he would get like full rejuvenation. He would be like actually play yeah. for like yeah. – Cost them like a better draft spot or something, but people in OKC would love it. Oh my god! Um, all right, let's talk about Schroeder a little bit. We've heard the rumors in the last few days. I mean, the rumors have been around for weeks now, but he talked after the game on Sunday. Said he, I mean, he said he wanted to be here, but I mean, that's what else is he going to say? Um, but you know, acknowledged obviously those rumors are there. 
the Bulls and the Bucks are teams that have been tied to him for various reasons. I mean, he has a history of both those coaches and Boonholzer and, and Billy Donovan in mm-hmm. Chicago. I'm still everyone. Here's what drives me nuts, though, Chris. Everyone when they're talking about Schroeder, like, hey, yeah, move Schroeder, yeah, get under the tax. Right. Newsflash: They don't need to move Schroeder to get under the tax. Like they have, right. they took care of that with Hernan Gomez, and I was like, when the upside of the game that deal really is now they have, like, they don't need to move him just to move him. So mm-hmm. if if they're at all, if Brad Stevens is in a competitive spirit at all, giving him away to one of those teams, yeah, if you want to trade him one of the teams, you're getting something decent, like okay, but like Troy Brown Jr. in a second round pick. Oh. Does nothing for like like no like that's not even just because it's not going to help you, but more of like what do you why are you helping out the Bulls? Yeah, and and I'm and, and I'm with you. That was part of what I was wrestling with as I was running it today. It's like I think we just become so conditioned to saying move them, move them that I think we forget if I'm Ime Adoka, I'm in Brad's office going, please. There's only eight guys I trust right now, yeah. and you're going to take one of them. Like, I, you would have to at least get back a serviceable player, not necessarily a point guard, because I do think you could get Ime to at least embrace some Peyton Pritchard out there. But you'd need another, you know, wing or four or whatever that, like, that they – or center, like, just somebody that they would feel comfortable with. And so, you know, Troy Brown Jr. doesn't do that for me. And, um, you know, we'll see what the Bucks. I mean, I can't imagine the Bucks would be willing to move some of their, their more important pieces – if you tell me Shemi Ojale is coming back, I'm like, I mean, right. <laughs> how does West West Matthews or Shemi Ojale? Uh, uh, fancy. So, I mean, like, look, if you're keeping Richardson, he can ball handle with the second unit. Tatum's obviously going to play point guard, even with even with reserve lineups. Like, there's ways to get through without Schroeder if he's not here. But um, yeah, I need something. I need something that is actually going to play. And um, I do love the idea of opening up time for Peyton, and because I think you need to lean into some of these rookies, but. Uh, I just can't see Emay going into Brad's office and being like, yeah, that's the right move. And just like you said, right? so you're trading him to one team you might see in the playoffs. Can we just see this with Jeff Teague? Like, even if you, even if you, you don't want the guy, like they go somewhere and win a title. So uh, let's be careful with that. Um, and the, 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 the interesting part is the tax stuff. Like you said, there's the one, one little ball in the air is Jalen's incentives. You know, so LaMelo Ball got picked today to be the replacement right. for Kevin Durant. I still think and... they should feel pretty good about it, though, right? Like, Jalen, I feel like, is, like, still pretty far down. Like, even with LaMelo in, I feel like, isn't, like, Jared Allen the next guy up if someone else gets hurt? We'll see. I guess it would depend on the position. But, so, like, Harden, who knows what's going to happen? That's you know, will, will, he, will he be healthy? Um, I'm trying to think. There was one other guy on the list that I said has been out. and, and uh, but like, I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy was, Butler gets hurt all the time, so he right. be out. Or this guy doesn't want to go, you know, like whatever the yeah. case may be. Um, so I don't know. I, I think there's a, still a, a, an avenue to it. But OK, like, so let's say that doesn't happen. I mean, Jalen tried pretty hard to get to 65 games last year with a bum wrist. I can't imagine they're going to be able to get him to not get 65 games this year if he's healthy. And like, you know, he's not going to want to throttle down. So um, although when he was walking off with that wrist the other night, I did. Oh, they go, oh, my God, here we go again. Um <laughs> I don't want to put that in. I don't want to put that evil out there because he came out and said it was it was no big deal. So hopefully it's nothing. But um, yeah, like I, I just feel like you know because they don't know the exact numbers until those incentives are off the board. Um, you got to be careful. Is it enough to dump Bobo and Dozier and uh, is that a, you know Fernando or whatever? I, and again, you have to pay to get off of them, whereas maybe you get something for Schroeder as an asset. So right. it's all the balance. Like what, what's clear though is that. Schroeder is the easiest path 
to, you know, ensuring you stay under and maybe even like being able to pick up a scrap heap guy or, or something like that. Maybe, maybe, you, or maybe you take back and wave and then you still have a couple of dollars to go get in on that bidding. Whereas, you know, everyone's going to say, oh, they didn't get anybody at the trade deadline, but you know, more, more often it's the buyout guys that tend to be more valuable uh, come the finish line. The problem there is that with, with so many playoff teams now, the bidding for those guys is going to be crazy. So um, yeah, I don't know. I don't envy it. Um, but I want to, I want to ask you this because this was what I spent a lot of the mailbag on and I've, I've, it was weird trying to, de- to de- de- a little bit to defend uh, the ownership side of it. Are you okay that they're so hell bent on dodging the tax? We're going to answer that question right after we hear from oh! our sponsor, though, as a the big market tease. Uh, I don't know if you knew this week, Super Bowl, Sunday's coming what? up, Chris. Big game. It's finally your Super Sunday. And so Bet Online has you covered on that front from odds, scores, totals, play performance props to where the next fire coach is going to land. Bet Online is the number one spot for all things NFL in 2022. Who do you, what, who do you have in this game? Rams, Bengals, uh, do you have any in this game? My mind says Bengals because I like underdogs. My heart says, or my heart says Bengals. My, my analytic mind says the Rams are going to destroy them. So yeah. we'll see. Bengals would be the fun story. But yeah, so mm. you can bet on that at Bet Online. You can bet basketball, hockey, boxing, UFC odds. Coverage is best in business. Round down your favorite Vegas casino games. BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. So head on to BetOnline today. Use your mobile device to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Use the promo code CLNS50 to get you started. The fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and your player favorite games. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, the luxury tax. I am fully of the mind... It's fine. You don't have a contending team here. Mm-hmm. Assuming that they get this big payout of $10, $15 million from these other tax teams, and you put that into next year's team, right. that should be fine. That is a completely justifiable you know, line of thinking in the middle, particularly in the middle of a pandemic where, who knows, like, you know, Wick Grosbeck is not Steve Ballmer, and that ownership group, I'm sure, right. has taken some, some serious losses here. So... Yeah, like I think that's fine. Like if you're just dumping Bull Bull and you know PJ Dozier to get under it, like who cares? If you're keeping yep. it current, if you're if you're dumping useful players to get way under the tax and not getting anything back for them, I think that's where you draw a line and say like, okay, this is what is what is going on here. Like, what are like are you trying to be competitive in the present while maintaining respectable payroll? That for me is where things get a little dicey. Yeah. And so the thing I've, I've just kind of tried to tell people, and the Ballmer line is the most accurate of, of it all. It's just there are some teams that can spend to like no limits and be a play in team. And there are teams that just have budgets and the Celtics, to their credit, I think they've been in the tax eight times uh, from 2008 to 2012 uh, or 2013, right before the blow up. Uh, they spent every year and they paid something like I want to say it was 75 million in total tax, you know, including one year at 12 million, one year at 8 million during the the two years to the finals. Um, And so like they've paid when they think they can compete. This year is not a year where you feel like definitively you can compete. So I get it. And, you know, their budget is always going to be maybe $10 million over the tax line. Well, they were in it during the 18-19 season. Getting under last year essentially took them out of Repeaterville. They could technically dip their toes this year, but then you're looking at by the end of Jason's deal and Rob and Marcus, you're up, you know, and if you re-sign Jalen, you're now over a hundred million for four players. 
So there's just, you're going to be in the tax. And like those penalties are just going to prohibit how long you can potentially keep open a championship window. So I get it. But I also understand that a fan looking at it goes like, you know, what the hell? Like, isn't it all about winning now and being competitive? And I know that's a balance. And it's hard when you look and like Forbes comes out with their evaluations and the Celtics yeah. are worth like $3 billion. And it's like, well, we're equivalent over $15 million. I just think I get it. And um, while, while I would love for the Celtics to just splurge, you know, it's a balance. And I get it. I wish they kind of, you know, part of me says they probably should have, uh, they could have alleviated a lot of headaches this year if they had just been willing to pay it last year. Uh, but Fournier comes in, and then you're you're over the line, so you got to deal Tice and and Javante and pieces that could really help you right now. So uh, that complicated matters, and and now they're paying the price for that. No, not paying the or or getting a fifty million dollar rebate because of it, but also paying the price for it. And uh, it's just also an outlier of a year. I mean, the, the Warriors and Nets are spending so crazy that you know normally the rebates aren't this attractive, but uh, like you said, in a pandemic, you kind of you kind of got to give it. So. Uh, that's my long-winded way of saying, I know people probably don't care a whole lot about this, but if it allows you to spend in the future, that you got to consider it. And it's just like, this is still a business. And if someone told you, you could either get $15 million or pay 10, and it might not change the trajectory of the year, which do you want to do? I think it'd be stupid not to, to take the money. And hopefully right. it involves a reinvestment after the season. Well, the thing is too, it's very possible that this front office can do both like improve the team at the trade deadline and get under the tax. Like there are, there are do you have, ways do you have like a deal for me. Do you do I don't have a deal, but like, well, here, here's like, here's my theoretical for you. It's like, okay, okay, you can, you have pretty much four pieces at the end of your bench that are pretty close to dead weight right now. My, like you have Bobo, Doge, I mean, Fernando. And I think NS freedom is, is essentially dead weight here at this point. Like, I mean, he's like, sorry, NS, like you're, you're going to come in handy in certain series, but now, you know, I don't know why Bruno, like he's not even getting run in like garbage time anymore. I don't know whether that's a respect as a veteran type type thing or just, but he's not, they've clearly moved away from him from our defensive reasons here. So like mm-hmm. you can combine some of those salaries. Maybe you move one of Neesmith and Lankford just because, you know, and then you can get some money there. So you can match money with five or $6 million. to so get a useful player, a ninth man off the bench, if you will, and then dump two other guys to get under the tax. Yep. in a separate deal and boom that's that could be that could be a trade deadline right i think honestly yeah, that might be the way to that could be the best way to go about it if they're not gonna you know take the plunge with any of the real veterans so my my mailbag pitch uh last monday was romeo goes home to indiana in exchange for justin holiday uh and like you know i, I said this the uh, Indy would probably have to throw in a second round pick just because you're giving up a lottery guy who's, you know, obviously eight years younger and uh, has a bit more upside. Yep. And that's hard. Um, but, you know, they're not going to develop Romeo at this point. And, or unless they clear out other young guys, like some, some of the young group has to go. So why not try to parlay that into people that can help you now and don't encumber deep into the future. So you're already going to pay Romeo 5 million next year. Well, if you're just not going to play him, get a guy who will figure into Ime's nine-man rotation, eight-man rotation, and provides the shooting that you so desperately need, or at least gives you the flexibility to make other moves um, and and try that. Then Danger Card came out with an even better one where he, he essentially made it a three-teamer where it has Holiday coming back, but you send Schroeder to Chicago. You know, Indy gets some stuff. You get, a, 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 I think, a second-round pick in return as well or send out a second-round pick, um, which is fine, again, if you get under the tax and get a player. Um, and he had Neesmith in there instead of Romeo. Um, you know, either one like works for me in terms of doing, I had, like, I wondered, I call Phoenix again and say, 
Contruder help you at all and see what they where they're at with Jalen Smith. But um, you know, again, I don't know if that they might just be in need of in in, in case of emergency depth if, if there's an issue with Aiden or or anybody on that roster. So, um, but yeah, there's there's minor moves that can help this team. And as I as I think we said it on last time on the winning plays pod was I'm fearful that you just keep waiting on these young guys and then like Romeo next year, final year five million. You got to decide: are you paying him his next deal? Or are you trading it? Nope. If you're trading him, he has no value because he's just an expiring at that point right. that someone else doesn't want to pay. So, um, yeah, I think they just gotta they just gotta kind of do it. And plus, I think it makes it easier on email. Then you don't have idiots like me on TV screaming, play the kids, and then watching them get absolutely stomped in Detroit, and uh, wondering if I should keep my mouth shut more and just uh, just. Uh, <laughs> hey, good go end of the Magic there. game. Good bounce back in garbage time for that group yeah. last night. We, we can say that. I mean, but yeah, I mean it's it is. I think consolidation is has to be the start of the name of the game here whether it is the veterans if you're not doing anything veterans okay then time to start consolidating the young guys and make some choices a year too early as opposed to a year too late with them because like you said if you keep going down the line then not only you know you're just you know dancing around on the fence with these guys until they keep losing value and eventually walk away for nothing and probably won't want to stay because they haven't had a chance to play for three or four years at that point you're not going to want to pay them so that's you Make some decisions now, especially if they're not going to play. Find some teams that may want them and then see what you can do there. Like, take the loss, but at least it's better than nothing. Okay. Yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm, 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 I think you, you, you've nailed it. Is there any sneaky trades out there that, like, do you, the Kings have got to do something, right? Yeah, you any... think so. Yeah, what's your, what's your Harrison Barnes? Like, are, are, you, are you in on making a big – that's not a big spot for, like, a, a, a guy that would be a clear fourth starter yeah. and, you know, would have – you know, would – would certainly raise a ceiling for the, the present. Um, the, the, the question is, in that instance, is have Rob and Marcus shown you enough in the past two weeks, or like really the totality of the season, but especially the last couple of weeks as they start to play better, to encourage you to make a move where you'd add that sort of player, but sort of wave the white flag on like a big splash this offseason. Right. In that instance, you're probably trading Al, but okay, you get Buddy Heald, or you get Harrison Barnes, or whatever. Is that enough of a piece that it's okay to, you know, you're just essentially saying, well, we're not doing the Bradley Beal thing. That's that's not going to happen. Maybe that gets easier if Bradley Beal gets moved before this and, you know, he's going to be long-term wherever he goes or whatever. Um, I don't know. I You know, that's that's tougher for me. I was very, very high on Harrison Barnes last year. I thought he was the the piece that they, they sort of needed. Um, and I think it would be, you know, ideal for what they need right now. But is that sort of the player I want to cash in all in and say, okay, this roster is now set to be a championship contender. And I'm a little bit more dicey on that. I think you got to be very cautious with what you do. Now, if the, if the price is Al and, and not multiple first round picks and you still have a little bit of flexibility to sort of figure this thing out, it just comes down to how bullish they are on the core four and, and whether these guys are your like, you know, as, as, as I've sort of been leaning into, like if Rob's your third star and Marcus is a superstar in his role, are you okay with just filling this thing out with, with high level, uh, role players and if you are then maybe you do think about those deals a little bit a little bit stronger but it still just gets tough because i'm saying well what does sacramento do with al you know and right and unless you're, you're overwhelming them with picks now you could throw a couple young guys in there because you're not gonna yeah, i mean nice of those guys have value in the deal but they don't now <laughs> that's their problem yeah, I mean, that's the problem. <laughs> if, if you had played peyton pritchard to this point or romeo or aaron maybe maybe this is easier maybe that's more enticing to sacramento i still relent that like sacramento should be like thankful for any young guy they can potentially get and you know that's why if on the pacers even with all this sabonis noise i'm like go get me a romeo langford and just see what happens like 
put them on a team that at least prioritizes player development and maybe it'll happen and give them minutes. If not, send them to the G League. Like, at least can, I don't know. That's a whole other rant. But we, we can yell about that after the trade deadline. But, yeah, I, I, I keep trying to find, a, a, like, a sneaky, uh, off-the-radar sort of move, like, involving a tanking team. And uh, it's difficult, at least without, you know, really essentially leaning into, like, that guy is all you're, all you're doing from here on out. For sure. It, it's... And I don't think they're ready to take the plunge on like a fringe guy like that, that, you know, like, yeah. like a, a star role. Cause it, it does, it shuts some doors for them that I don't think they'd be ready to close at this point. Uh, knowing, I think they probably want a full, the full body of work here, have a view of this season with, you know, if, if everyone can make it healthy through the season, then they're probably in a better position to answer some of those questions. But you do want, I mean, you hear, I mean, Jackie Mack, I mean, you were on this earlier too, like floated Grant Williams out there as like, mm-hmm. so when you look at, like you wonder what okay what, did, what what can Grant Williams and a first round pick from the Celtics can that get you you know close to some and obviously some matching salary um, can that get you something that could be a long term fit right now you wonder if if a deal like that could be in place somewhere but I think a move like that would I come, wonder, come I in connection with a get, bunch of moves could it get you a Grant Williams right. <laughs> I mean, so that sometimes the mystery box isn't as, as good as uh, as you think it is. I think Grant, I think Grant's been really good, and I know he has his limitation. I know he has nights where he's just not very good, um, but that's like a lot of young players. And so, like we can't, I can't sit here and scream about not playing young guys and then not embrace the development. Like Grant's been really good defensively, moving his feet. Like people keep trying to drive on him, and he just keeps stonewalling them. Uh, he's been knocking down threes. It's so funny because you you talk about this was the other problem I was running into. I was trying to make minor moves. I was like, all right. You know, what if they call um, Portland as they kind of overhaul and they ask about Ben McLemore, like yeah. good corner three point shooter stinks on defense, but at least you get a shooter. And I'm like, is he going to win time over the grants of the world? Or really, in my mind, I say, or do would you rather just put Romeo in that spot and, and see if it works? And so, you know, I just keep coming back to like, I don't think it, it improves you or improves you enough in order to sacrifice any sort of asset to do it. So um, that's why I, I kind of, I don't have the position Brad Stevens is in. There's, there's tough choices to make here. And I just don't know if there's anything that necessarily changes the trajectory immediately and with, or at least without encumbering the future. And that's why I think it'll, you know, they always, they'll, they'll do something. They'll, you know, they could declare going to do something to get below the tax, but. Um, How many total trades? Just, How many total trades? What's your. So I think I told you last time. You yeah. Asked, are you, are you sticking to your guns? You're sticking to your guns on one? I, I do think it's two because, and I, because I, right after we signed off, I was like, eh, that wasn't the right answer. It's two trades. One involves Dennis and one is either salary dumping the other three guys you mentioned at the end of the bench, Bobo, Dogier, or uh, uh, we don't talk about Bruno. But otherwise, it's, you know, it, I, I just don't think it's going to be big splashy moves. I think you're going to hear other contenders go out and get names, like names that you know, and you're going to be like, ah, why aren't the Celtics doing that? But I don't know if any will make sense. And, you know, we already saw that people were mad about the whole Norm Powell situation, them getting it for so cheap. But again, it's just a different situation out there with what they can spend. And, um, you yeah, know, just reality. Three trades. I'm going three, three trades. trades. Three trades. And two will be salary dumps, but they have, a, they have a lot of different guys they could salary dump. And you might not be able to send two guys to the same spot. So I think they're going to one real trade, two fake trades slash salary trades. dump trades. Um, I can't. I can't wait for number. top fifty-five protected second top, round. Oh my god! Just get ready. Everywhere. Pick, pick swaps. The draft <laughs> rights to Dino Raja out the door. It's going to be. Um, <laughs> who, who's yeah? Who's 
Did they renounce? They had probably to renounce everyone after they lost the, you know. Yeah, the, the, the they, they were, uh, it, it, I can't believe I can't pull the name right now. Mike Zarin is going to yell at me because we used to joke about it for ages. But there was one guy who was the longest, like uh, uh, that they just wouldn't rescind, and then they finally had to to get cap space, and uh, and and it broke my heart that it happened. Um, and it's you know my mind is now so cluttered from the Kyrie era that I can't even pull the name. And I'm <laughs> I mean, it's a long time ago now. We were a few years out here. It's been a goodbye for a little while, but uh, it should be fun. Uh, we'll be along for a ride. Make sure you're checking out uh, Chris Forsberg. Uh, there's a trade deadline special this week, correct? Yes, uh, Thursday. Hopefully, Thursday they, hopefully they wait to make all trades until Thursday. Otherwise, we're going to be like, uh, we'll have talked about them all on Wednesday, and then we'll be there like, uh, so there's still only those trades right now. Bruno Fernando is still going to Oklahoma City. How do we feel about this? But, um, yeah, hopefully they, they wait and make all their trades Thursday afternoon so that you can check in. No post-up this week. We're going we're gonna to do a trade deadline special. Very exciting. And a new like, Celtics Talk podcast yeah. that night, so be ready. Boom. Big big Thursday on NBC Sports Boston. <laughs> I feel like Brad Brad seems very prompt. Like, I, I feel like he's not going to wait mm. to the last minute. I feel like he's going to want to get his work in, you know, earlier in the day on Thursday, you know, do the legwork, and then he can, you know, relax with some, like, ginger ale or something like that. You the the, the anti-Danny doesn't, doesn't want to, like, you know. Well, look at last year. Look what happened. Like, last year's a death. They let the, oh, the last God. second. It was an absolute disaster. So, they have, you have, <laughs> like, you, you're not going to go down that road again. It, it, Brad, if you, if you if you happen to stumble into the Winning Plays podcast and you're scrubbing to find some you know valuable content, I hope the last thirty seconds is what you watch. Where B Rob remind you, do your business early. Do not lose a Javante Green over the fact that you uh, said, "Oh man, we actually acquired Evan Fournier. Now we need to get to salary dump." It's also easier for us to just respond oh, sure. to stuff earlier. You know, it's it's just nicer. So just do us a favor. Um, <laughs> that way, you guys have content for the whole two hour special. You don't have mm-hmm. to be reacting in real time and you know we have a couple of our extra hours to write so again nbc sports <laughs> boston check that out thursday afternoon at one uh and then Celtics talk podcast you'll listen to as always uh and you'll find me at mass live and you can again fall rate review subscribe winning place pod we'll have reaction to everything as it goes down later this week as well but chris thanks for coming on making the final predictions on the record and we'll We'll see who's buying who a beer once the, the deadline is done. <laughs> Make sure you burn this tape if we were totally wrong. Right. Done. <laughs> All right. Thanks, guys.